Well, King Jesus is here. I mean, he is so here with us this evening, isn't he? Jesus, we just want to welcome you again. Majesty. We worship you. We worship you, King of Victory. King of all kings. Far above all other gods. In fact, the only one true God. We welcome you. We we believe in you, Lord. We believe that you're real. We believe that you're a rewarder of those that seek after you. And Father, we ask you for your magnificent reward this evening as we just hear from your word, as we are provoked again by this amazing great commission that you've given us to fill the whole earth, really, with your glory. So start something here tonight, we ask you. We ask you for a tsunami of the Spirit to, to wash over us, to change the shape of us for your glory. Turn that boat over that we were hearing about this morning. We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're, we're looking at um, doing what disciples do. That's what we're looking at. It's very simple. What do disciples do? Preach the gospel, heal the sick, set people free. And I'm convinced that every believer should know how to do these things. So do you know how to pray for the sick? I actually know. The disciples were not ever told to pray for the sick. They were told to heal the sick. So in Matthew, Jesus sent out his disciples with these words, as you go, as you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near, heal the sick, raise the dead, okay? Cleanse those that have got leprosy, drive out demons freely, you have received, freely give. And Mark tells us, that these signs will follow those who believe. So as you go, do these things, and these signs will follow. Wherever you, imagine that, wherever you go, as you go, wherever you go, these signs will follow in my name. They will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they'll pick up snakes with their hands. When they drink deadly poison, it won't hurt them. They will place their hands on the sick, and they will... Get well. James, the brother of Jesus, the first leader of the Jerusalem church, tells us how it should be in the church. He says, the elders have got to lead in this ministry so that any of you can ask for prayer. Is anyone amongst you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person feel a little bit better. No, feel well. The Lord will raise them up. And if they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person. Any righteous people here? Oh, dear. I'm a righteous person because of who Jesus has said I am. There's many righteous people here. And the prayer of a righteous person avails much. It's powerful and effective. So if we're going to do what disciples do, then we will all need to learn not only how to pray for the sick, but how to minister healing to one another in the church, which, as I've already said, is where we get to practice 
I think especially with healing, it's a bit like going to the gym, praying for people at church. You build up muscle. You learn how to do it. You practice on one another. And then when you go out, it's so much easier. I don't know why that is, but it's because you spend some time in the gym. That's what I'm convinced of. As you can see, I am the picture of gymnasts. And anyway, I'm losing it now. So how are you doing with that? How are you doing with praying for healing, praying for the sick? Now, I've talked a lot about healing. Have you noticed? We're talking about it a lot at the moment, over the whole year, it seems. And so I'm not going to teach any more on healing tonight. I'm not going to teach about healing. I'm not going to give you any more practical how-tos. Because in the end, it's the same with setting people free. You actually only learn by doing it. You've just got to do it more. Okay, so that's the teaching for tonight. Do it more. Practice more, and you'll see more people healed. John Wimber said that he prayed for, I don't know, hundreds of people before he saw anybody healed. And he just knew that he had to keep praying for people that were sick. And then suddenly, this man gets this international healing ministry. But what has he done? He's practiced. He's just spent lots and lots of time praying for sick people. Have a go. Get on with it. All right? There you go. That's the teaching. Um, but So it's, it's like this morning. It was more of an apostolic message. And tonight, I'm going to be the prophet. I want to bring something prophetic to you. And I just want to remind you, first of all, uh, of some of the things that we've been learning and the prophetic context in which we're working at this time in the church. Now, some of this, if you've been around Jubilee, you'll have heard this. So I'm reminding you, okay? Uh, the Holy Spirit has been so clear uh, uh, on this. He's just on this theme. I, have you noticed? It's healing almost every week. And, and I think we will get to practice praying for the sick as well tonight, okay? But... Um, we, but we can do that for the very specific reason that I think we need to spend some time just marinating in the presence of God, marinating in the anointing that he's giving us as a church. That's kind of where I want to get to this evening. So let me just remind you, first of all, some of what we've been learning. Number one, it's all about his presence. This is the key thing that we're learning about healing. It's all about him and it's his presence. And so we're learning to work with him and to invite him to come and heal. And, that, and, and, and he will. And sometimes he does it almost unexpectedly. We're almost surprised that he's done it because it just happens in his presence. His presence heals us even when we're not asking for it. Just being with him heals us because he's the Lord that heals us. He's our healer. He's our savior. Just being with him is a healing experience. And part of the problem is we don't spend enough time with him. So is it wonder we get ill? We need to spend more time with him, get restored in his presence. We pursue him then for his presence, not for healing. But we know, because we're a bit sneaky, that when we pursue his presence, miracles just happen. But we pursue him for his presence and because we want to be with him And he wants to be with us. Isn't that amazing? So when we pray for people, we invite his presence first. Don't we? Just say, okay, you've got this condition. Holy Spirit, will you just come? Wait 
for him to come. And then look to partner with what he's doing. We're led by the Spirit. And we don't always get this right because we're learning. But that's okay. Talk with the person that you're praying for. Work it out with them. What do you feel? How's it going? Is anything changing? And work with them and the Holy Spirit to find out how we pray. Don't always assume that we know. Partner with the person because there's incredible power just in agreement. I want to demystify things. Is that okay? It really isn't that mystical, this stuff. I loved what Tom said earlier. We were just having a laugh, really, about getting free. It's actually quite fun to get free. It's actually quite fun to partner with the Holy Spirit and do what he's doing. And with unbelievers, it can be even easier than that. We don't need to wait. We just need to speak the presence of God and minister to them. The presence of God comes to them from us, through us, because we can give away what we're carrying. So there's number one. It's all about his presence. Learn to partner with his presence. Secondly, healing is about much more than just physical healing. You know, Jesus came to heal the whole person. And what we've seen is that sometimes our obsession with the physical realm can block the healings that the Holy Spirit wants to do because healing often takes place in stages or it takes place from the inside out. So, for example, forgiveness from the heart that we were talking about this morning can release the emotions and all kinds of tension and stress that's held in our bodies is suddenly released. And as we relax and let go of pain, the results can be manifested in the physical. Our necks and our joints and our backs align, heal, and, the new, and they come into line with the new inner reality that God's given us. As Jared was saying this morning, he heals the whole person, and we're learning to recognize and work with this, but we also press in for more, because obviously we're we are wanting to see more physical healings too. So that's the second thing. Third thing is about the importance of thanking God for what he's already done. For me, as I've already shared, the breakthrough moment came when I began to recognize and give thanks to God for all of the internal healings that I've seen over the last few years. The emotional pain gone from that person. They're a different person now. Uh, The forgiveness that that person's received. The deliverance that that person's had and so on. I've been getting frustrated that there have been so many of these internal healings and that they were hidden from the whole church and they weren't even able to testify. And so how are we going to build faith for healing? And the Holy Spirit taught me better. And he said, it's as you begin to genuinely see that these are real healings. And then as you start to talk about those, even if you protect identities, then the healings start to get manifested in the physical realm anyway. So I remember back in, I don't know when it was, last year sometime, I just stood up and said, look, beginning of my preach, I just want to tell you about all the healings that we've had, physical, uh, internal healings, and just gave thanks to God for them. So here's a quick inventory then. How many people here because we can only give away what we've received. How many people here have received some kind of healing this year? I'll give you a list, just in case you can't think of what that healing might look like. A closer relationship with God. Oppression gone. Victory over a particular area of sin. 
despair gone. No hands are going up, is it? All of those things I've experienced, yeah? We've experienced this. This is what it means to be a Christian, to be close to God, to experience his presence like that. So give thanks. Okay, so that's just some of the things that we've been learning. Now, here's some observations that I've got on this. We're growing a greater expectation for healing as a church. It's getting easier to talk about. It's not like you say healing and people say, oh yeah, really? It's kind of, what? What this time? Um, Healing of every type. Spiritual, emotional, heart healings, mind healings, body healings. And when we give healing this broader understanding, it helps us to grow in a greater expectation for healing in the church. And it was brought to me just how far we came when I was talking recently with another church and the leader blurted out his frustration saying, what is the point? I've prayed for this one guy at least seven times and nothing has happened. And this is true. This is what people really think. But I've come to see that Every time we pray for somebody, something happens, not nothing happens. Something will happen, even if it's not what we wanted or what we expected. Because healing isn't just about the results that we can see, but it's about leaving people in a better place than they were before we prayed for them. How about that as a definition for healing? Leaving people in a better place than before we prayed for them. So what what are your expectations? Have you moved on at all? Can you live with this broader definition? Now, I I know it doesn't answer all the questions that we might have about healing, but whoever said we'd understand it all or be able to explain it all, part of the deal with having a really big God is being able to live with an element of mystery and not knowing everything. Are you okay with that? How big is your God? Is he big enough? If you can explain him, he isn't big enough. So I think some of this uh, season for me and even for us as a church is actually about growing our faith muscles. Uh, You know, this wider definition of healing isn't a cop-out for me by any means. Rather, it's faith as a grain of mustard seed that grows into the biggest of trees. It's the yeast of understanding that spreads through the dough. God is growing our faith and understanding of how to bring healing, which we practice here, to take out there. Because outside is a broken world that needs every kind of healing. There's so much more I could say, but I want to just sort of go into the prophetic context I feel like we have at the moment and the season that we're in, and it's this. It, it's all about anointing. It's all about anointing. And the anointing that God is giving us as a church is not just for the individual. It's a corporate anointing. Uh, you know, for us, for Jubilee Church, I don't know how to, how can I say this. Healing is to be more than just what disciples do in a general sense. I believe that it's part of our calling and our anointing together as church. That God is giving, entrusting us with a gift that will serve many and affect our community. And over the years, 
There have been many prophetic people who've talked about Jubilee being a place where others will come and find healing and be restored. The burnt stones prophecy and the broken prophecy, the terminally ill. And we're already seeing this. You know, people came from Geneva. Three guys came from Geneva because they're hungry for, for God and they've heard that stuff's happening in Sully Hall. Uh, just as we were traveling uh, over on Friday, Alison was being inundated with texts from a lady from toddler group. Please pray for me. Seriously ill in hospital with her baby. We've been getting updates as it's going on. And she said at one time, when you said you were praying for me, I felt like you were in the room with me. An unbeliever. People are already seeking out what God is putting in here, even if we're not aware of it. Uh, and I believe that Jubilee is growing an anointing for this. And it may have started with one or two of us, but now it's being imparted to many. So, for instance, you remember, I'm just going to read you a couple of prophetic words that we've had to remind you. You remember the dream that I had? It was in November last year. I had this rather unpleasant dream, walking across the room somewhere and bits of skin falling off my feet. Do you remember that? And a lady who I knew comes into the room in my dream and says, oh, those feet need some treatment. Let me help. I used to be a chiropodist, which I didn't know, actually. didn't know that she was. I don't think she was even. But anyway, <coughs> she seemed nice enough. And she sat me down and massaged my feet. And she started pouring this lovely golden oil onto my feet. And the lady was a lady I knew from my youth, a lady called Carol Heal. That's her name. And as I woke up, God said to me, I am adding, adding healing to your ministry, Heal, at this time. And it will start at Christmas, Carol. <laughs> and there will be a legacy, skin left behind, coming from my ministry, which others would catch. It started with me. And, but then it would spread and others would catch it. Now, for me, I haven't really sort of explained to you what that really meant. Um, because, you see, the gift of healing for me was nothing new in a sense. Uh, because what this was is rather a restoration of what I'd known for many years. From an early age, I'd seen some quite dramatic physical healings. And I've even known some, as part of my own testimony, to have experienced quite significant healing. And I was even becoming known for it before I came to Solihull. And in fact, I was known more for healing than the prophetic. But then as I came to Solihull, God said to me, no more. Stop. You're not to do that anymore. You're not to pray for healing or prophesy until I tell you to. He says, I just want you to teach. I want you to lay foundations and to teach. Which was something of a disappointment for some of those people <laughs> that was expecting something quite different. And I, and I didn't understand it until this dream and that God had been speaking to me of a restoration of a gift that wasn't just for me, but also for others to catch. And, but then at the same time, in this time of kind of hiddenness, God had been teaching me about more than physical healing. I connected to Angela, for example. I've learned so much from her about spiritual healing. Simon Holly, I've learned so much about emotional healing. And then all the people that have come to us and experienced healing, we've been learning all these things 
And although that God had told me to stop doing that kind of stuff, what he meant is, I want to do something deeper. And I want to enlarge what you've already got so that you can give it away more. Does this make any sense to you? And so God's given, me, given it back, but in this wider definition and broader understanding of what it means to be ministers of healing in the church and to the world around us. Are you with me? Is this making any sense to anybody? Can you see what God's doing with us? So this was going on. This is what God was saying, this dream. And then young Joshua gets healed. Do you remember that? Going into hospital, praying for that young man. It's amazing. He's looking so good and healthy now. My goodness. Got such a bond with that guy. He's so beautiful. And then Tom gets healed. His shoulder. He's fed up with me talking about it. I keep telling people to go up and poke it and feel it because it's quite cool. Um, And then we get this uh, surprise visit. Surprise comes and just lifts us again. Not just healing. Let's go for raising the dead. eh? Come on, this is the trajectory of where God's taking us. Um, and, and then I get this prophetic word, which was then followed by Simon Holly's. And do you know when God speaks something twice, it's incredibly significant. It means it's going to happen. And he says the same thing twice, especially when it's so close together. And Simon and I hadn't liaised at all. And so I'm just going to finish now with reading these two prophetic words to you again. And then give you a bit of explanation. And then we're going to, I don't know what, but we're going to do something. So I was sitting in my office on uh, in the 2nd of July. And the Holy Spirit started speaking to me about the church. And so I grabbed this pen and wrote it down because it was coming so quick. I thought, if I don't get this down, I won't remember it. And this is literally what the Holy Spirit was saying to me. He said, Jubilee is growing to be a healing community. There's a pool of healing here. And that people are going to hear about the pool and many will come to bathe in the pool and be refreshed in that pool. Some will come for a while, get healed and move on again. The burnt stones will be restored and be put back in the wall and begin to function again because the restorer of the broken walls is here. Others will come and as they go out, they will take with them vials of healing from the pool so that healing will happen in other places too. Still others will invest their lives in digging out the pool so that the pool which is deep, deep enough to paddle in at the moment will become a well of great depth and resource over time. So look for the miracles amongst you, the Holy Spirit said. Expect and prepare for the miracles which will come. Talk about them. Investigate them. Tell others about them. Be thankful. Be patient also, because what you've seen so far is just the beginning of all that God is about to do in this place. This was amazing. It confirmed a number of previous prophetic words about a pool of healing and the rug, if you remember, that Paul and Pauline bought for the prayer room a couple of years before. And then exactly a week later, to the day, Simon Holly came and he said these words. He says he looked at the church and as he saw us, he saw an old English well with a stone wall around it and a roof on and a bucket that goes down. 
He went on to say, I felt like God is calling you to continue to put that bucket down into the well of healing and bring it back up. Not just for physical healing, but emotional and spiritual healing also. But then, as I saw it, the picture zoomed out and I saw numerous other wells dotted around. And I felt that there is something that God is going to multiply in what he is doing here. That you're to be a center of restoration and healing. But actually, you, also th- you're a, you are to also think, how do we multiply this to other locations? Then the picture went underground. And what I saw was this huge reservoir of water. And actually, all that you're seeing now is just a tiny window into what God has got for you in the future. There's a huge reservoir underneath. And you're to continually put the bucket down and up again as fast as possible and create and dig other well stations. Wow. Exactly a week to the day. Can you see what's happening? See, the anointing is already spreading. The gift isn't just for the professional leaders, the full-time ones, the elders. It's not just for that. The gift isn't just for the ones and twos. It may have started there, but God is giving us the privilege, no, the responsibility to jointly hold the weight of this anointing together in the church. Do you feel that? To host the healing gift here, to nurture it and to grow it. Do you understand? You know, people will come to us to bathe in these waters. People will go out from here into the community, into the nations, with vials of healing to pour out out on others. We'll become known for it. Have a reputation for it, not just as a church, not just as a church, but as members of the church. I can envisage a day where some of you are going to visit other places and they'll say, which church are you from then? Oh, Jubilee Church, Solihull. And they'll say, please, will you pray for me? Come to my house. Will you come to my church, to my community to give us some of what you have? That's why I don't really want to spend all the time tonight trying to teach you more. Um, I don't want to give you any more techniques. Or ideas. Just need to learn how to minister from out of the presence, out of the anointing that God has promised us as a church. It's so much easier to work out the anointing, you know. <laughs> Maybe I used to pray for people. I used to strain to get the power into them to make stuff happen. But you know what? It didn't work. <laughs> it's just not powerful enough. So I often say now, look, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come because I'm, not, I'm no good at this kind of stuff and I need him to be here. It's so much easier to work out the anointing, but God is giving us a kind of corporate anointing. I don't know how to, I don't know if I can... It, I'm from Jubilee Church, Solihull, and I'm anointed for this. That's kind of where I'm feeling it going. Does that make sense to you? that you will have that expectation wherever you go because of where you're from. And this isn't just about me sort of bigging us up. I've been, I've been really worried about saying this and giving you the wrong impression. I'm trying to respond to what God is saying to us so that we take seriously the prophetic words and so that we learn how to hold the anointing of healing together.
So for the rest of our time tonight, I don't know what to do. So I've talked to all kinds of people saying, look, I've got this really weird and wacky thing I feel like I need to do, but it isn't weird or wacky at all. It's very prophetic. Um, but I feel like somehow we need to receive this anointing together as a church. And that's a place of agreement. We say, Lord, we're receiving this. We receive, we take these words really seriously. And I, and I just had this picture of us standing around in a circle like a well. And so as we receive this word together that we become that well, and then, and I don't know how we do this because I didn't bring any buckets with me, but the word that Simon had for us was you need to keep putting the bucket down because there's a huge reservoir underneath. You're just playing in the shallows. And, and I just have faith for God doing something amongst us tonight to increase that corporate sense of, an, sense of anointing amongst us. And, um, and I... And obviously, this atmosphere that we're going to create as we respond to this is going to create an amazing... You know what it says about the pool? The man was lying beside the pool waiting for the angel to come and stir the water. And nobody quite knows if that was literal or whether it was just a, you know, a fable. But that's my expectation, that as we create this pool, as we respond to what God is saying, that there'll be a pool that we can literally step into. If you're ill in any way that you can step into it and get healing. And that that's what we will create together. Are you up for trying? Yeah. Yeah.